This is your co-host, Don Long. Once again, welcome to Chatting with Country. And you've reached us on another Skip a Meal, Walk a Mile Monday, um, where we are going to kind of help you not only get your health together, but get your mind right as well, because we know your health and your mind affects your money. But before we get started, let me bring on our host, it's Country. Hey, y'all. What's going on this beautiful, beautiful day? <laughs> it's so pretty outside. The sun is super bright. Yeah, I love the summer, don't you? Yes, yes. About 10 hours, 9 hours of daylight. Absolutely. You can't pass that up. If you're an early riser, 4 30, 5 30, sun starts coming up, you can get out there and get it in. Yes, I agree. Exactly. So, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. We did. Um, Food Fest was Xander, his first year competing, biggest three-on-three tournament in the world. Um, over 450 teams competed, a span of about 45 blocks of basketball courts. So um, usually they get anywhere to um, 275,000, 300,000, 400,000 folks show up to these events. And because of COVID, um, it was canceled for a couple of years, so it would be nice to know what the count was. People was they come from everywhere, all oh, over wow. the world. These people come and just have a really good time competing. So um, Xander was six and two, and looking forward to next year. Well, good job, Xander. Let's give Xander a round of applause. Uh, <laughs> we need the button. We got to get the sound effect button. We don't have it, but you know, you know what we're doing. <laughs> Good job. All right. Man. So, what's up with you? What's going on? Oh, well, you know, it's Monday. We're skipping the meal. We're walking tomorrow. Um, weekend was pretty good. Um, got to go to an event on Friday. Um, had a really good time. Hadn't been out, you know, downtown Chicago in a while. So, felt good to, you know, put on my, you know, slacks and my, my slides and socialize what with my own folks. What, what was it? Um, it was a private Viola event. Viola is the first and largest um, Black-owned cannabis con- company in the U.S. Um, some of the people you may recognize if you follow um, All the Smoke, which comes on Showtime. Stephen Jackson's one of the um, investors you might see. Al Harrington, or maybe you've heard of Allen Iverson, or DJ Envy. Like Those are some other people who are investors as well. Um, so they just opened up the Chicago um, dispensary and they had a private event and I was blessed enough to be one of the investors and get an invite. So All right. got a chance to get out and, you know, like I said, you know, have a few um, adult beverages and socialize. Was they smoking adult. live in there? Um, there were obviously some uh, cannabis users in the building. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're introducing a, a new thing. It's like a wet pad pad. Who got that fire? Yeah, well, I want to know. You know, if you invest in something, typically you want to try the product. So, (laughs) yeah, it was a good time, though. So, you know, good music, good food, good people, um, good vibes, good energy. So, you know, I definitely, you know, give the Viola people two thumbs up and, you know, go follow them on Instagram. You know, if you want to know more about the brand itself or, you know, look them up. And if they're in your local city, definitely stop by. 
right, what are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about justifications and permissions. You know, um, you know, right now I feel like, you know, with this podcast and with what we're doing, that God is really calling people to to do something different. And when you do something different, there are going to be people who just don't get it. There are going to be people who um, are going to literally just say, hey, I don't think you should do that. Which oftentimes for a lot of us, especially when it comes to people we know, love and care about, makes us think that we maybe are not doing the right thing. Or maybe, you know, what we heard from God wasn't what we thought we heard. And then we end up either A, you know, not doing it, you know, because nobody said, hey, that's a good idea. Nobody said, I think you should do it. You know, but the reality is, you know, you don't have to get that permission. You know, if you decide to make a move in your life, you know, whether it be move across the country, whether it be lose weight, whether it be quit your job, um, you have the right to make that decision. Um, And then the other thing is just the justification part where, you know, a lot of times people feel like they got to explain it. You know, you say you want to do something and now, you know, you got to explain it to people. And that just takes energy away from actually doing it because you're trying to justify it. Like, you know, I want to move to Atlanta. But girl, you know, Atlanta, they got crime down there. And, you know, it's expensive down there. And it becomes a situation where now you're arguing and you're fighting and you're fussing with people over something that realistically they have no say about. And if that's stopping you from making the decision that you feel in your heart that you know you need to make and you're willing to deal with the consequences of making that decision and you're willing to put in the work to make whatever it is that you think a reality, then you don't need to argue about it. You know, you don't need to sit and, you know, go back and forth with your mama or go back and forth with your boyfriend. It's like, hey, this is a decision I'm making and I'm going to do it. So I just want to really get into that and dig into that because I feel like that's keeping a lot of people um, from doing it. Because in our communities, you know, working class, middle class, lower middle class, um, we think that we need to deserve stuff. You know, like you can't just want something and go get it. You know, you have to have earned it. You have to have worked for it or you have to need it. You know, you can't just say, I want something without somebody then saying, you don't need that. You don't need to be doing that as though need is the only motivator for the stuff that we do. So what do you think? What do you think about, you know, needing people's permission? Because, you know, you moved all, all the way to the other side of the country. Well, I think that was kind of a a joint deal, but you kind of tapped on relationships um, in the beginning, right? And so if a person has a vision and they are in a relationship, Mm -hmm. right? It's a conversation that needs to be had. Mm -hmm. But kind of what I hear you saying is, is if that partner is not saying or backing you, then it's like, well, I got to just do my own thing because I'm feeling this calling right now. Is that what I hear you saying? Well, I think each situation is, I think it's a case by case, first and foremost. I'll never tell anybody just to, 
you know, jump out the window on somebody that they married to, you know, because obviously, you know, you're two people trying to work together to build a life. Um, now, in regard to relationships, you just got to be willing to deal with the consequences of your decision. You know, if they don't agree with it, but you feel strongly about it and you're not married to them, you know, I would definitely say consider, you know, moving in a new direction if that's what you led to do. You know, because, you know, a wife is different than a girlfriend. Agree or disagree? Oh, well, yeah. The only thing that really makes a difference is the piece of paper that come along with it. I mean, because you got girlfriends that do wifely things, right? And, I mean, some men just rather not make them what they call it, honest women or whatever, but they are walking as couples. So, I mean, they just depend on, again, the relationship. Um, but the thing for me is, is I understand some people having inner desires that mm -hmm. let them die because of their um, commitment in their relationship. Um, maybe the timing was off. Maybe the partner felt as though, you know, you always start projects, but you never finish them. Mm -hmm. And so right now might not be a good time. So I think it's just situational, like you kind of said, right? Mm -hmm. um, as far as all of that goes. But when you dig deeper into, um, let's say, parenting, and because we feel like you shouldn't have been a marketer, right? Right. Um, that you should have been out here working a nine to five and you felt deep down on the inside, like, hey, this is what God is calling me to do. Then as a parent for me, I need to encourage and support that. Right. And, and tell you to go out there and be the best marketer you can be, do whatever it is. And if it goes well, it goes well. If it goes south, then I'm still here to undergird you instead of um, smothering your dreams. And I think that's where a lot of people are failing with their children, because you want them to be who you were not. And this is their life. It's their time to go out there and figure it out. Now, I can suggest, and I say that all the time, I can suggest things for you. And if you don't listen, then, hey, that's on you. But eventually, it'll come back around, you know, to where you're adhering to some of the things that I say. Absolutely. And so you don't need permission or you don't need me to justify what it is you're doing because experience is the best teacher. You either going to fail or sell, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't need a stamp from nobody. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, with that is when you do something new, it's something new to everybody. It's just not you. You know, we have a real um, clear path. Our generation, our parents' generation, the generation before them, and it's to go to work. You go get a job, you punch a clock, you, you get a 401k, you get health insurance, you know, and now the world is moving into more gig work and freelance work and work from home. And, you know, technology is becoming um, a, a very huge part of how we work. So it allows people to work remotely and to make money in areas that 20 years ago didn't exist. You know, 20 years ago, there was no internet. So if your parent or your grandparent or your uncle didn't grow up with the internet, they don't look at the internet the way you do. You know, 
So like, that's something to think about. Um, you grew up in a family of meat eaters and you decide you want to be a vegan. You know, that's something new to the whole family. Um, I remember one of my friends, her daughter, and I want to say this right, became a pescatarian. You know, and I think that meant that she just ate like shellfish or fish. And, you know, her grandmother was just like, that mountain made no sense. You know, these kids these days, they just be coming up with anything. But she felt very strongly about not eating pork and not eating red meat. You know, but it's different than what we normally become accustomed to. But different does not mean wrong. You know, so for a lot of us, we have to really start looking at does the person who's opposing me or challenging my thought, do they have enough information to even challenge my thought? Do they know enough about it to even have a conversation that isn't emotional? Number one. And then number two is you, you know, and I said this earlier, you got to be able to live with the consequences of your actions. You know, if you decide that you don't want to work that job anymore, and that means that, okay, well, for the next six months, I'm probably not going to be able to, you know, go out to eat or I'm not going to be able to, um, you know, buy any new clothes and you willing to live with that while you chase whatever it is you're chasing, then that's okay. You know, now it might not make sense to other people. You know, it might not make sense why everybody out in the club, you at home, you know, but if you're willing to live with the process, then yeah, take whatever measures you need to take. Um, Cause a lot of this stuff just seems like dreams. You know, you tell somebody you're going to open a business. It's like, eh, yeah, whatever. You know, don't quit your day job. <laughs> and now you're like, well, am I making the right decision? Am I making the wrong decision? You know, I don't know. You know, I, you know, I feel like a lot of people operate out of fear anyway. Absolutely. And are always waiting on somebody to tell them like that's not a good idea so it can then give them that validation like yeah it wasn't a good idea but we have to be mindful of who we are sharing our ideas and stuff with as well because all we need is sometimes one person to talk us out of something for us not to do it but if you're talking to people that's uplifting right that's mm -hmm. going to encourage you as far as your dreams are concerned then you're more prone to go ahead and accomplishing those goals that you have on the inside. You know, yeah. um, we got to remember that people are always jealous and, and watching our every move. And even inside your inner friend circle, you might think that these are the best people ever. But the minute you say you're about to do something that's going to change lives or change your life, it's always some negative stuff there. Right. And so, again, it goes back to one to be validated and people try, you know, to get validated at work, at, at school, at church and relationships when it's like validate you first. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, when you look at changing the dynamic of relationships, you know, like I used to work in education and I would literally have these conversations and I would be just like this. Do not go home and start bragging and, and sharing your dream with everybody about you about to go to nursing school. Because as soon as you start telling everybody you about to go, all hell gonna break loose. 
Well, and not only that, right? I tell people all the time, if you really want something, keep it to yourself. Because the minute it falls from your lips, Satan can come in, right? Mm -hmm. And cause everything to go havoc in your life. But if you notice things that you really don't tell people that you really desire, right? It, it comes to pass because a lot of people aren't out there praying against you, right? Hating, right. using the, the lingo that these kids using. Your haters can't hear it. Right. So keep it to yourself so that it can come to pass on your behalf. Unless you're telling the right people that is helping you, right? Get you to where it is you need to be. But right? you go home bragging, I'm going to be a nurse, I'm going to be a nurse. And now you're just a CNA for the rest of your life. Yeah, and the people who are hating on you keep bringing it up. I thought you was going to nursing school. I thought you was going to be a nurse. You know, and then you're looking at them going, but yeah, you wouldn't keep my kids. You know, you kept having stuff to do, so then I couldn't go to class. Not realizing that part of the reason you're not making it is because, A, the people you were counting on really didn't want to see you prosper. You know, and B, you didn't have a contingency plan if they hate it. You know, if they reneged, you know, if they didn't let you use the car, if they didn't say they was going to come home and keep the kids so you could go back to school, you know, so, you know, even with this, you have to be able to say, man, okay, what could go wrong and how do I put a plan in place just in case it go wrong? You know, I know that's my boyfriend. I know that's my girlfriend. I know she says she going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z or he going to do X, Y, and Z. But what if they don't? What's my backup plan? You know, yeah, I know my mama said she would do X, Y, and Z, but what if she don't? What's my backup plan? Mm -hmm. And then you keep those backup plans in place because more than likely the people that you are counting on going to let you down. You know, I don't call that being negative. I call it being strategically pessimistic. You know, that I am literally looking for the thing that could trip me up. Not because I'm afraid of the thing that could trip me up, but because it's probably going to happen. You know, more than likely... If everybody who's benefiting from me being their friend sees that I'm about to start moving in a different circle and I'm about to start having a different level of influence, it's going to create some level of anxiety. You know, not necessarily intentionally, but just because now you're not around. You know, you're not around to hang out with us. We miss you. And if we don't understand why you're not around or we don't agree or support why you're not around, then we got a problem. You know, she over there trying to be all smarty smart. Uh, you know, I mean, you see it on the job. You know, I like to say all the time that, you know, if our if our purpose ain't the same, then our process ain't the same. You know, you might be trying to get you might be trying to get promoted. So now you're coming to work early. Now you're taking on extra projects. Now you're staying late. Now for the person that's not trying to get promoted. They might get to work late. They might leave early. You know, they work might be undone. They might be taking long breaks. You know, but because we don't have the same purpose, our process not the same. Now to them, they're probably saying, man, ain't no way I'll get here at 730 and I ain't got to be at work till nine. You know, ain't no way I'll be doing that extra work. You know, I mean, that ain't even your job. Why are you doing that? But we don't have the same purpose. You know, so don't expect our process to be the same. So when you get into a situation with people, whether you, they're questioning you or challenging you, you have to remember, hey, this is not about them. This is about me. This is about my family. You know, um, a lot of people use the word why. You know, this is my why. 
then you hold fast to your why and not the approval of other people. You know, because give us an example of your why. What's your why? Well, I care about two things: joy and freedom. You know, I want to be able to enjoy whatever it is I do, and I want to be able to be free enough to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with whom I want to do it. If I decide I want to buy some, I want to be able to be free enough to buy it without having any guilt. So that's my why. I want it to be able to call my own shots and know that at the end of the day, I would be okay. Um, when I was in the work in the workplace, no matter how good I did, it was always something. You know, I won a ton of awards um, multiple times for multiple companies and I had poor relationships. So like at Foot Locker, I just didn't get along with my DM. You know, I mean, the guys that I hung around were guys that he didn't particularly care for. So he didn't like us. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, you know, as an excuse. I'm saying that because it's the truth. You know, literally when they fired me, I just come back from winning awards. You know, so how do you take award pitches on, on Friday and get fired on Tuesday? You know, they do my audit, you know, my friend, you know, who I later became business partners with, he's like, man, you know, I come to the front and I'm like, yeah, everything checked out, you know, went smooth. Everything was in order. You know, guy who fired me was like, well, that's what I expected. And he's like, and I'm standing there like, well, why'd you fire him? You know, again, has nothing to do with whether or not I did a good job or not. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was at Penny's, you know, the um, termination interview went like this i saw i was about to get terminated i'm like hey wait hold on how do you fire a department head who's having a game in a store where people are losing and i start literally running down all the things that i'd done over the last 18 months to turn around a department that hadn't had a game in a decade and the person who had the final say was like true you have a significant amount of accomplishments just not enough to keep your job so, yeah. So, yeah. What do you do in those situations? <laughs> so on the inside, like, why do you really think you lost the job with them? Because oh, <laughs> I, I didn't have good relationships. You know, I know okay. exactly where my problems lie. You know, the people who brought me in, they got promoted and retired. So then I had a new group of people who I didn't know. They didn't hire me. And they had their way of doing business. And I had mine. Now, you hope that those things become aligned, but if you're not actively getting to know them and they're not actively getting to know you, then it creates room for misconceptions and misperceptions and, you know, misunderstanding. So like for me, I would take certain liberties with the game plan which under the old regime was okay, you know, because we were all about whatever made sense at the end of the day in order to serve the customer. So my new leadership wanted to work the game plan, but my new leadership was a very new store manager, a very new GM. So she didn't really understand that, yes, this is what the plan says, but this is what our demographic and customer demand says. Yes, we're in a suburban community. However, all of our customers are urban because this is the biggest, largest, closest mall to them. So 
we're on the plan, so to speak, it might be very um, grandma-ish. You know, we want to put house shoes up front. We want to put, you know, all of these suburban um, older white women, for lack of a better way to put it, um, items in the front. You know, but this is a church community. You know, this is a community where people go out. So instead of putting that in the front, we need to put the things in the front that those customers want. You know, the dress shoes, the handbags, the high heels, the nice boots. So I would literally look at what was selling and what we were doing well with and order and work with the buyers and do all those different things to ensure that we had the customer demand met. And under the old regime, it was great because they like, man, we finally making money. <laughs> you know, finally, you know, this is not dragging us down every day. So with that being said, I'm like number five out of a thousand stores and add on. I'm the number one big box store or whatever. But she didn't care about any of that. She did business a different way. And she thought that, you know, getting me out of the way meant that she would still continue to have the success. She just wouldn't have this maverick. Not realizing that me being the maverick was why we were having the success. But because we never sat down, we never talked, we never had a relationship. I just was a person she was firing. But when I went to education, I had great relationships with every president. So no matter what happened, because I understood what their objectives were and they knew what my processes were and we developed a rapport, I was always either A, given the benefit of the doubt, B, given the heads up, or C, defended. So let's go back to permissions. So as far as that is concerned, you moving from education to what you're doing now, right? Mm -hmm. um, was that like, hard for you to do or did you have people encouraging you like hey yeah go ahead and jump out there and again either you gonna fail or sell right well i think that for me it was it was a combination of things you know there was the oh that's cool factor because you know the book hit right away you know so that was like the first thing after leaving education that people really got to notice so you know i was on radio um, you know, I was very visible, so it made it easy. What for did you do on the radio? I just, I'm sorry. How was the radio time? How was that? Oh, what well, did you do on radio? I had a radio show. It cost me money to to create the show and actually pay for the airtime. So for people who are watching people on the radio, not everybody is getting paid. Some people are paying to be on the radio. And I happen to be one of the people who is paying. And at the time, I just assumed that, okay, cool, this visibility will then turn into profitability. Not necessarily the case. So I'm spending money to be on the radio. Cool thing is I'm also creating, um, you know, small little clips of people I have on the show. And, you know, it's creating a level of popularity. Now, in hindsight, I should have done a better job of putting together the back end plan so that when the book and the radio and all that stuff came out, I had actually something I could build that was sustainable to make a living, you know. But all I really had at the end of the day was popularity. So, but the popularity made it easy for people to um, 
to accept what I was doing because at that time my lifestyle really hadn't changed. You know, actually, you know, in some ways it seemed like it was better, you know, because man, you were best selling author, man, you got this book out, man, you on on the radio, man, you going to all these events, you know, but a lot of that stuff was costing me money. You know, and as a business owner, when people see you at a vendor event, they don't realize that you spent money to be here and you're hoping to recoup it. Um, so with that being said, they don't quite get it. You know, now when I first said I was going to do it, you know, there was mixed, you know, there was mixed um, conversations. There were people saying, don't quit your day job. Um, there were people who were, you know, like, how are you going to do this? Like, you've never done this before. You know, um, the girl I used to deal with told me not to quit my good job. But then, unfortunately, my good job quit me. <laughs> so um, that was the position I was in. And then after, you know, again, money started to run out. I just got quiet and I started to work and figure out where I was going wrong and figure out why this was not working. So during that period, it was nobody around to disagree with me. But in the process, people would always um, question the level of aggressiveness I had about learning. You know, the question, the amount of time I wasn't spending hanging out and socializing, it didn't make sense to them because they like, why you got all this popularity? Why are you not in the streets more? And it's like, because I got popularity, but not profits. So like, there was that question. But what I realized is that, man, if I didn't learn how to do this, I was heading for a horrible outcome, you know, which was no money <laughs> and having to figure out how I was going to get a job. So, yeah, there was a lot of confusion about why. You know, I wasn't going out. There was a lot of confusion about hell while I was, was running and jogging and doing all that stuff, you know, because I'm a man, I'm stressed. I need to clear my head. You know, running allows me to think, you know, so let me get out here and, and clear my head and, and get my thoughts together and, and figure out how I'm going to turn all of this popularity into a business. And I literally created processes and practices and systems based on all of the stuff I had experienced and learned. But to the people around me, it was, it was confusing. You know, people want to take, you know, trips and vacations. And I'm like, nah, I'm on the grind right now. You know, can't do it. You know, so it would just kind of, put us in a weird spot, you know, even in, you know, relationships, you know, like people would want to, to pursue relationships with me. And I just like, nah, I'm on, I'm on my business right now. I got to get this right. But because I wasn't walking around going, Hey, you know, I'm going broke. <laughs> people didn't really understand it. And then when you are going broke, you know, then here comes the people who did know, and they're like, well, I told you not to do it in the first place. So what do you consider going broke? Um, not really looking at where you'll be in six months. You know, like, man, okay, I got about six, seven months worth of income. You know, that's covering all my bills. And if something happens, I probably don't have enough money to react and feed, you know, and fix it. So, you know, it's kind of, 
I can pay my bills, but if something go wrong, I'm SOL. You know, my car break down, which it did, SOL. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's more than I, I could spare right now because that's going to mess with my bill money. Um, so for me, that's why joy and freedom is so important. It's like, okay, I want to have enough money to live any kind of way I want to live and not be worried about if something goes wrong. You what know? kind of car you got? Yeah, Jeep. Plain old basic American Jeep Cherokee. Not really into cars like that. You know, so it's older. You know, I look at it and say, okay, I could spend money on a new car or I could have an emergency fund. So what would I rather have, an emergency fund or a new car? I'd rather have an emergency fund. So things like that are always going to create. Um, so you have the old cars? How old is it? What years are they? No, it's just it's a 2005. It's just a basic Grand Cherokee yeah, okay. Jeep, nothing special. Okay. Just get you from A to B. I work from home. Yeah. But with that being said, you know, you would think that I would want something flashy. You would think that I would want something, you know, when you pull up, it's like, ooh, that's ooh, that's nice. But I see that, and I definitely saw it at that time is another bill. I'm like, yeah, adding a $400 car note is going to force me to have to make some tough decisions that I don't know how to make yet. You know, whereas now I'm in a much better situation and I can um, generate money and get clients and turn clients down and lose clients and, and it doesn't affect my lifestyle, which is why I tell people, you know, to just figure out what you need to do. And then deal with the consequences until whatever it is that you think you need to do starts to work for you. But you know? is, does that work different when you're single versus a relationship? You know, so if you're a person that's single, then yeah, you can kind of do that. Oh, but absolutely. Then, yeah, but then once you're committed and say now you got kids and uh, you know, you watch a lot of couples whose dreams just die because of family, right? But then you watch other couples that that has their family. They thrive because they kind of work together and support one another's goals and different things like that. Yeah. And that's part of the thing. It's like, it's who you married to and what they married you for. Is that is That is like a huge part of entrepreneurship. And one of the reasons I do what I do, because I want people to be able to go home to their spouses and know that they have a plan in place that's going to help them be successful. Okay. But it really depends on who and why they married. I mean, if you married somebody who was a provider and now they're not able to provide because they lost all their money trying to open a restaurant, that might be hard. Now, if you marry somebody knowing that they were a dreamer and you both are sharing in this dream and that there may be some lean times and you with them because you love them and you committed to them, the person, not their ability to change your life with their finances, then that might be a little bit different. You know, I know on one of the podcasts, um, I can't remember which one of the guys said it, but they were like, you don't really want a wife, you want an assistant. 
And I'm like, no, I just want somebody who believes in me enough that they're willing to lend me some of their time and talent in order to make something that's going to benefit us both work. You know, because to me, my experiences are the businesses that are run by couples that are successful that I've seen up close and personal. Both people do stuff. You know, one person might be, you know, doing the books or working to find, you know, people that can can help them, you know, whether like I'll take Tammy and Sheldon more. I didn't reach out to Sheldon. Tammy reached out to me, you know, but she was his wife and he's the, the face of their organization. But he's like, man, I don't really know anything about, you know, this digital marketing stuff. And she's like, well, I'll figure it out and I'll find somebody. And she found me and and we created a, a part a partnership and it helped them grow their business to the point where she was able to leave her full-time job. You know, but you have to have somebody who is believing in you. And yeah, the Bible say, you know, two is better than one at right. all times, you know, but you definitely have to be working and weaving together. Yeah. It can't be a competition and jealousy in your household. Absolutely. You know, you have to put your egos aside and, and both people have to to have some character and some work ethic, you know, and some consideration. Because even if you are a person who's not bringing in the income, you still have to make it so the person who is bringing in the income doesn't have to do everything that they can come home, release, relax and rest. You know, yeah, you're trying to get a business off the ground, but you still should do some dishes. You still should do some laundry. You know, you still should try with everything you have to let that person know that you appreciate them and you're grateful for them and and that what they're doing to sacrifice isn't in vain. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen people open restaurants and and lose, you know, 30, 40, 50, 80 thousand dollars. And it's like that's a tough pill to swallow. Like that was our savings. That was our 401k. That was our retirement. You know, so you really do have to have somebody um, on your team who who's okay with going through the good and the bad with you. You know, which goes back to what I'm saying before. It's like, man, you got to be able to live with the decision you make. Um, I know for me, I stayed away from relationships. You know, I really did. Just like I didn't want to put somebody through that. You know, it's like, no, find you a guy who can take you out. Find you a guy who, you know, who wants to go on a trip with you. Find you a guy who um, wants to build a life with you. Because right now my life is unpredictable and uncertain. And I wouldn't put another person in that position. You know, so, yeah, I stayed away from relationships. You know, I couldn't imagine um, putting somebody through what I went through. You know, because if I didn't eat, I didn't eat. That was on me, you know. Well, now do you feel like you're in a place of being in a relationship? I think the opportunity to be in one is a lot different now because I can better predict my outcomes. You know, now, you know, what I do for a living is starting to pay off, um, I know where money's going to come from. I know how to get more money. You know, again, I have systems in the play in play and I have a track record of doing what I do that allows me um, to have other opportunities. 
Would you so, be upset if life took a turn and you ended up on Social Security for the rest of your life? Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Why would I be? I mean, God is good. If he does nothing else, hell, I, I got a chance to do some really cool stuff that I never in my life imagined I'd do. I got a chance to chase my dreams. I got a chance to to live and have joy and freedom and not have to punch a clock and not have somebody threatening me. <laughs> so yeah, if it if it ends here, so be it. I don't have the I need it to feel whole kind of attitude. I want it. I enjoy it. You know, but I'm not defined by it. You know, and I think for a lot of people, they are performing for the um, permissions and adorations and the validations and the approvals. You know, and if you're doing it for those reasons, then yeah, if it doesn't work, it crushes you. You know, because now you got to walk around in silence with people looking at you like, well, what happened to your restaurant or what happened to your little business? Or, I thought you was coaching, you know? I mean, I see a lot of people who hide um, the fact that they had to go back to work, you know, because their business didn't work. You know, I see a lot of people who are entrepreneurs on the internet, but, you know, have nine to fives um, in reality, you know? So with those things being said, if you are doing it, for love and adoration and it doesn't work just like getting married you know if you have to get divorced you know a lot of people can't take the 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 scrutiny of well what happened <laughs> you know so you really have to to trust and believe you know that whatever god is leading you to do is something that he is going to provide for you to do and also put in the work necessary to position yourself to be in the right place at the right time when provision comes. Um, you know, I used the other night as an example. So we were sitting at the table and a couple guys come like, hey, can we sit here? So, you know, you make polite conversation with the people you're sitting at the table with. And it just so happened that the guy sitting across from me was in charge of an organization who was looking for somebody who does what I do. Now, had I not been in that room, I would have never been able to have that conversation. And then the even crazier part is that he is someone who referred to my business partner on some other stuff that I do as family. So it's like, oh, okay. So you respect somebody that respects me, which if nothing else should give me at least a little bit of grace and benefit of the doubt so that we can have a conversation. But if I'm never doing the things that I'm supposed to do, then I never get to that spot to be in a room like that with someone who can help me get into a different market. Yeah. So when we start hearing people tell us no and you shouldn't do it, you have to understand that, hey, there's going to be some lean years maybe. It might not pop off right away. It might take two, three, four, five, six, seven tries to figure out exactly what your process and practice is. And during that part, man, it might be some shame, might be some embarrassment. But if you stay faithful to the thing that God gave you, it'll start to make room for you. 
when you were on your radio show, what were some of your topics? What did you talk about? What was the show about? Well, um, you can go back and actually, if you look up Sadan Long, you look up Dominate the Day God's Way, there's a bunch of them on Facebook. But we would bring on entrepreneurs. Um, we would bring so on people you, in the community. You went too fast. Dominate oh. the day God's way. Yeah, dominate the day God's way. Uh, and we would bring on um, entrepreneurs. We bring on people who had you know things going on in the community. Um, I had former mayor um, Karen Freeman on, and we just would talk about people chasing their dreams and how you know God had led them to do different things, and what that meant and what it looked like and hopefully it would help other people um i typically start out the show with a dialogue about um the topic or or something in line with the topic that was going on at that time and that was the show you know it was people in the community and what they were doing and how they got started at what they did because my hope at that time was to really um inspire people to chase their dreams by showing them people who had chased and succeeded at chasing their dream. So that's what the dominate the day was about. It's like, okay, cool. Let's get to a point where we are the head and not the tail lender and not the borrower, you know, and here's some people and here's how they did it. And here's what the story looked like. And here's some of the good and here's some of the bad. And here's some of the things you need to look out for. And that's what the show was about, you know, but at that time I didn't really understand, you know, the process of making a living as a thought guru or um, leadership um, influencer, any of those terms. I didn't understand how that translated into money. Did so, a lot of people like be upset with you for doing radio? No, people love radio. But the problem with the radio is that more people saw me on Facebook than heard me on the radio. Mm. You know, and Facebook was free and the radio wasn't, um, which is now how, I, you know, I, I ultimately started to stumble into, which is why I say, you know, the, the good, the bad and the ugly all is for your good, which is how I stumbled into using free social media. You know, and I learned how to um, take all my sales experience and my ability to write and understand and empathize with other people and see what they were going through in their pain points. I learned how to use that to attract people to products, attract people to um, influence, attract people to business owners and how to say it in a, a very clear and compelling way to get people to buy products. Because I saw that, oh, okay, if you actually are doing something that people want and need, they'll give you money for it. If they believe that you can solve the problem and they trust that when they give you the money, they're going to get whatever it is that you're offering them in return. But because most of us don't know how to talk about our businesses in a way that explains to the other person why it's valuable we only talk about what it does we just come off looking like every other person and when there's confusion about what we actually do and there's confusion about whether or not we're capable of doing it then it's hard to monetize it because now it's like okay i'm having a event okay well what's different about your event why do i need to go to your event and if you're only talking about, well, it's going to be Tuesday at three o'clock 
and you're not telling me why I need to be there and why I need to miss work, then that makes it hard because now I don't see a reason to come. And what I developed is a process called the seven. And number one in the seven is get their attention. And where most people would try to get attention, you know, by talking about their target market, you know, my thing is always to look for the people who are trying to solve the problem that you have the solution to, you know, who want to hire your solution or who want to hire you and then work from there because the internet is basically like a phone book, you know? So if someone's looking for a plumber, then you need to say, Hey, are you looking for a plumber? If so, call us, you know, you need to talk about things that somebody who would need a plumber would be interested in, in learning from, you know, how to keep your drain from clogging up, how to keep your sewer from backing up, um, five tips on how to keep roots from growing, you know, in, you know, into your pipes. But I stumbled into all of that during the time where I was on radio and I was starting to, to have to shift money around because it wasn't turning into business. So if you ask me what I think about it now, looking back is I count it all joy. I think God is great. I think that my back being against the ball, you know, brought out the best in me. And I think that God, God's plan didn't really um, look clear to me at the time, <laughs> but, you know, looking back, it was like, Hey, man, that was the best thing for me. Cause what do you have four conclusions. Okay. <clears throat> oh, you okay. Need some water. No, I'm good. I mean, just for conclusions is I think number one, if you if you believe God is saying to you that you need to step out. So now you said that like you could bring me some water. <laughs> I care, man. I care. Like, oh my God. Like I was really yeah, gonna get up and yeah, bring you some get water. This water for you, help you out real quick. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna mess up the whole podcast. You know they live together. <laughs> <laughs> we do not yeah we yeah yeah we do mm. he live upstairs and i live downstairs right yeah that ain't gonna work like who is this man okay <laughs> mm -hmm. ain't but one man in this house is me mm -hmm. yeah so well back to it for you sitting at home right now if you really feel like god is leading you to do something don't try to keep explaining it to people because they're not going to get it you know so no need to justify it it is okay to want what you want it is okay to believe what you believe you do not have to prove it to anybody you do not have to um wait for permission or approval from anybody um but here's the thing with that make sure that you're willing to put in the work and do your research you know because there are going to be a ton of people waiting for you to fail you know, um, one thing that really helped me through the lean times is keeping my mouth shut, you know, which is what country said. Just don't tell everybody, you know, but also make sure that you're working and prepare yourself to say, well, OK, well, it might be some periods when I can't do some of the things that other people are doing and be able to justify it in your own head and say, yeah, I'm doing what I'm doing because I know that if it works and when it works, I'll have the freedom and I'll have the money and I'll have the time that I've always wanted. Um, I'll be able to do the things for my family. I'll be able to do the things for myself. 
I'll be able to do the things for the people I love. I'll be able to be generous and kind. You know, so during those times, you hold fast to that and you work. You know, don't let people talk you out of working. You know, don't let people tell you that you're working too hard. If God don't say slow down, then you keep going. You know, because eventually, you know, you'll get the expected in. You know, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So stay with him. I mean, there were times I get up at three in the morning because God was talking to me and I'd have something that was important. So stay there. You know, don't worry about what people are saying because it's not going to make sense. And when you finally do get whatever it is that you're supposed to get and it's working, all those same people go on to be your friends. All those same people going to tell you that they, they was praying for you, that they was with you from the beginning and you're going to look at them like, no, you wasn't. So let's just wait to see what the outcome going to be. But work. That's all I got, man. Just just keep working. All right. So for takeaways, um, he got the song stuck in my head, right? They that wait on the Lord. I'm over here like, uh, mm-hmm. they shall run and not be weary. Look, they that, that's me and my brother's song, wait. Mm-hmm. On the Lord, and so if they listen to it, they probably call and start singing the song because that's just kind of what we do. But it's a true story, and so you have to actually learn to hear God. And usually, in that three o'clock, two thirty-three, four o'clock hour is when um, your spirit man be talking to you. And a lot of people get that confused, you know, like why am I up? What am I supposed to be doing? You should be being still and listening. And you should probably go grab your ink pen and a piece of paper because that's when that that transmission is like activated and you can really get in tune with yourself. And it's like even practice it. I don't care what you're doing. If you can get still long enough, your higher power does speak to you. Amen. And and it takes some fine tuning, but I'll be dang. You can definitely hear it. Takeaways for today. um, You don't owe anybody anything right and it's a lot of people that walk around and and live like that i don't owe you nothing i don't owe you an explanation on why i do stuff i you know this is me these are my decisions etc i can call that a selfish mindset right Mm -hmm. because in some cases if you love a person enough if you trust the person enough you do owe them you know some type of explanation or reason why certain things are taking place. And that's about communication. And so I say that to say, if you're in a partnership, it's important to support one another, to build one another, to communicate with one another, but also remember that your friends and your family and your partner knows you. So if you're a person that's always start little short things and they never get finished or you putting together all these thousand piece puzzles but you never put the last the hundred pieces to them people are watching that so then when you do say i'm about to go start this business most likely people are gonna think you crazy right but if on the inside you feel like this is something that you really want to do you know some people will still back that whether you 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 fail or you sell, 
you know, you still have that support system, but you have to be mindful in the things that you uh, bring forth. Because as you're out there bragging, it's like a parent whose child play basketball and you always posting the basketball, 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 but they at school making Fs. And so they can't go and play off in the pros because they got Fs for grades, right? Or they drop out and they'll never graduate, but you were so proud about this child. We got to watch what we are allowing to fall from our mouth because the enemy is always there to, to block stuff and cause havoc in your lives. So if you're keeping it on the inside and telling your trusted people and not telling everybody, most times if you tell everybody what's happening, I'm going to get a new job, I'm going to start on this day and I'm broadcasting it, make sure you tell me when you got fired too. Don't keep that one to yourself because I want to know the whole story. Stop giving me a snippet of everything. I think Sadan said um, it's a lot of entrepreneurs out there on Facebook that go to a nine to five. You never know what people got going on. Um, ask yourself, what's your why? My why is, is just to cause people to think, I feel like. And my other why is helping others. Like I wake up every day to at least touch one person. That's that's my why. That's what I do it for. I wake up, you know, winter months can be down and draining, but these summer, spring months, take advantage of it. Get out there, get some sunshine, try to figure out what your why is, etc. Um, different does not mean wrong. It's okay to be different. You know, that makes you stand out. When somebody is looking for a special person, that person will probably be you. Because you are different. And right. so it's okay. Don't let your fear motivate you. Don't move out of fear because you'll end up somewhere else. Don't move out of fear. You make, we make crazy moves in our emotions. Right. Right. And so on that note, if you hang in there with me, I'll hang, I'll in, hang in there with you. Peace. All right.